Welcome to the Chalk Up Podcast, where we'll explore professional coaches and athletes' mindsets, philosophies, experiences in the world of strength and conditioning. Let's go. Yeah, we're good, all. Good, Jim. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Chalk Up Podcast. Just want to say hello to Jim. Well, right, Max. And hello to our guest, Max. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Um, Max, if you could give us just a little breakdown of your uh, studying, jobs, and uh, sort of achievements in the past. Ooh, uh, background. I used to, so I'm from a sporting background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be an alpine ski racer, uh, which is quite different. I did um, not see that coming. <laughs> so so uh, when I was about uh, maybe 13 to 20, um, Oh, yeah, I did a ski racing. That was kind of my main sport. Um, uh, competed for GB, was went to the Youth Olympics. Oh, wow. Um, World Junior Champs. That, these, that was probably the main big events I did. Um, and then, so I was doing this throughout school. Yeah. And I'd kind of go away for three weeks and then come back for a week, get most of my work for that three-week period, take it away, and then go to the local school from three till six after training. So it was quite a different sort of, yeah, different school upbringing, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, um, how did you get into a sport like that? Yeah, so I went, do you know, do you know Hemel Hempstead uh, Dry Slope? It used yeah. to be a dry slope, now it's a snow dome. Okay. Yeah, so I, when I was younger, my sister, she's like four years older than me. She went to a dry slope party and she really enjoyed it. Um, and she was about eight and I was four. And so she started going just for some lessons, etc. And then I started doing it as well. And then we started doing races on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, got got relatively good. And then... Just, <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and kind of just picked up from there. It just, yeah, started going abroad. And then we got picked up by the British team, etc. cetera. Um, yeah. And that's how that happened. That's how it started. And that is that sort of how you sort of led into this sort of passion with the fitness or... Yeah, well, definitely. I think it gave me some discipline around training. Uh, and I was really lucky to be, to be fair, to have a good SNC coach from quite young. Um, I was around 15, I think, when I started yeah. really training properly. Um, so I wasn't, well, I did have a period of just going to the gym and just doing what I wanted, mostly shoulders and chest. Um, but then I, with the SNC coach, I was kind of drilled in the technique and it was started really from the foundations and building from there. So I was actually really lucky in that respect. Okay, nice. And with um, when it comes to sort of studying wise, what was the uh, route you took? So I did, I did uh, just normal school, so GCCs and A levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I did two years full time skiing, and then decided to just go down a different route. Uh, so I stopped skiing and went to uni at Loughborough and nice. did sports science. That was that was wicked. Really enjoyed that. I was definitely up my street uh, yeah, yeah. doing that course. And then, so that was three years. Uh, I played a bit more rugby. I played rugby whenever I was home to an extent, but not just just for a bit of fun. And then I played a bit more when I went to uni. Um, and then once I did that, I did my PT course during uni. I think it was my second year. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit of an internship doing SNC at Bedford Blues Rugby. Oh, nice. How'd you find that? Yeah, it was wicked. Really enjoyed that. that Do you was, find, uh, when was you find Max? Max? Sorry? When was that? What year? Uh, the S&C. Yeah, at Bedford, yeah. That was, ooh, what year was it? 
I think it was my first year of uni, so maybe 2015, maybe. Yes, something like that, 2015, 16. Yeah, uh, it was under Sean Vine, so he's the SNC coach there. Yeah. Yeah. And really- we've had some of the guys on in the past saying, um, with all these internships, that's where you sort of learn the bread and butter of the SNC. Did you find when you did your internship, was it a year, you say? It, unfortunately not. So I, I had to do a placement, uh, just a summer placement though. So I did it throughout the summer in their pre-season. So it would have been cool. I actually never got to see them play. So it was a bit annoying. Oh, but, wow. um, okay. Yeah, I wish I stayed on longer. But I actually ended up doing that twice. So I did the Bedford Blues. Uh, I helped out the SNC for the summer in my first year of uni. And then when I came out of uni, I wanted to basically just get a bit more experience again. So I went back to Bedford Blues. Yeah, yeah. And did that up until I got I started doing marching. Okay, so how how did this uh, marching come about? You just sort of put an application in, and um, you went from there, or did you have to do a few sort of uh, trials, let's say? Oh, so I well, I did my PT course in my second year, but I actually didn't start coaching anyone, so I just ticked that box to an extent. Yeah. Um, and then did did uni. And my mate actually saw, I was in, I was in a lecture and my mate saw, we used to follow Martian and Ollie and I'm, I'm quite, I know Charlie cause I used to play rugby with him and Alex, I went to school with his brother. Oh, okay. And then Eamon lives down the road from me. So we we're actually really close, close. So quite like tight knit group. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know them as well as I do now, obviously, but um, we, my mate at uni used to follow him on Instagram and it popped up that they had a job opportunity coming up. Yeah. And I just thought, why not just apply, send my CV, see what they say. Um, and Ollie said, said he wanted bit, someone a bit more experienced, which which just, I thought would be, be what the answer would be. But then um, he said it'd be good to have a chat just because I'm local. He knows me to an extent while China yeah. knows me. So we had a chat and I just wanted to get a bit more experience just because I'm some sort of coach now just to see how it is. I wasn't really sure what, where I wanted to do SNC or or uh, PT, so I basically asked if I could just shadow or just come in just just to watch and just see see how how it operates and how yeah. it works. I think so, this t- ties into yeah. the next bit really good because as I've been looking guys on social media, um, if you're following Marchant, you definitely need to okay, and they sort of name themselves as as the number one functional gym in the UK. So when it comes to this functional fitness and strength conditioning, what in your eyes, because functional fitness is a term that everyone just uses uh, here and there. When it comes to functional fitness, what, what do you, uh, what's the values of it in your eyes? Well, I think, I think it's, it's just basically making your body as robust as possible for daily life. And it yeah. could be anyone's lifestyle. So it might be an athlete. It could be, your mum it could be anyone literally just it, all the movements it just makes so much sense is it's, it's your de- body's designed to move in a certain way so you should train it in that way yeah um so functional fitness is that and i'd say snc comes into that by just being more specific towards the sport so okay yeah that's the so way I think about it. who do you like you've sort of mentioned it a little bit then when it comes to who is functional fitness for um Obviously, if you start to get one-to-one clients, you've got somebody who's overweight and then you've got an athlete. 
functional fitness is this big term. How would you uh, program differently when you've got an athlete coming in and got a um, somebody who's going for fat loss? Right. So uh, it'll be it'll be the same. So that's that's the beauty of it. So it, you're both going to squat to an yeah. extent. You you both do the same movements, but you might just do it in a different intensity or capacity or just a slightly different variation of it. So you might get Linda, who's 65, <laughs> and she <laughs> she might she might be doing an assisted squat just to just to get used to that movement, make sure she's moving correctly, and she can get get up and down the stairs in the morning and everything else. Yeah, and without pain. And then you might have someone else who's who's smashing sport or plays rugby to a high level, and they'll be might be doing a back squat and, and pretty heavy just to gain gain that strength. So it's 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 to and fro. Everything's it's not one it is one size fits all to an extent when you come to the actual movement patterns but then you need to be able to program towards that person their individual goals what they like you said if they're looking towards fat loss they might be having a bit more volume in their session trying to accumulate more calories to an extent yeah and so with the, so with the functional word so you've got um so you've got linda coming except like that is it you just do a movement screening so is that your functional work like, um, what's this functional bit that you're getting because fitness essentially is functional mm-hmm. you know like analyzing the functional word so right. say if you're a normal snc in normal gym so say you like say everyone's going to squat everyone push everyone's going to pull yeah. if, like that so why the functional bit what is that like a more like a business scope to say we're not like a bodybuilding gym or is that more that we do right, everything see. so it's just, it's just a, i think of it more as a, a philosophy so the the whole the whole structure of the program the whole actual mindset of what you're trying to do is to be more functionally sound so it'll be it's, it's a tough term to try and explain but um bodybuilding might might be towards just to get big muscles and you do it you might not do it in a functional way so you wouldn't actually so on a leg extension so to an extent, you're never really going to do a leg extension in, in real life, to be honest. So you, uh, so you are trying to say the movement pattern essentially is like a full body movement pattern. Slightly compound lifts. Yeah. yeah. It would be, yeah, it would be movements that you do in your daily life where you'd use multiple, you, predominantly, predominant movements, you do use multiple joints and muscles at the same time. Um, whereas in isolation, you might maybe like a bodybuilding gym, you might not. Just to just in order to get that muscle breakdown in that specific muscle, yeah. Uh, this is more kind of training the skill of movement, so being able to lunge effectively and properly, and making sure your core's engaged while you're lunging, and so that you're able to basically, as you get older and as you go through life, you're not going to get yourself injured or you're yeah, of course correctly. So when it comes to with the um, the clientele over at Marchin. Do you get more people uh, pushing towards you got athletes or is it pretty 50 50 split? What kind of clientele do you get most of? Uh, we get a whole mix. So mm. we, we, yeah, totally different ends of the spectrum. We get people that are really into their fitness that love, love getting after it or, or maybe do, do sport on the side as well. And then we get loads of, loads of mums as well that come in. Our, like age range is, is quite varied as well. Um, quite a lot of people have the interpretation that they need to be fit to come to our gym. <laughs> it's kind of, I think it's the same with the CrossFit gyms, isn't it? People get a bit 
this persona and think, God, CrossFit's only for these athletes because they've watched this documentary on Netflix and think, no, I'm never going to be able to do that. But you're completely right. Everything can be scaled down in a way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's the reason they came because they, they want to improve, they want to get better or they want to gain some more knowledge around it. So um, it's, it's really nice. It's good to have a, a good, um, good varied amount of clients. Yeah. And it's quite, it's quite uh, nice for us as we see different people come in every hour um so you, it's never never really ever goes stagnant to an extent it's always yeah always exciting and with um obviously the current climate with covid and going through the lockdown how did you guys manage that whole year of being able to stay in contact with clients and keep them moving keep them training were we doing zoom calls what was your guys go to oh so we we um i think the official lockdown started on the sunday and we shut on tuesday so we had that four day period of basically trying to get everything sorted and ready to go for the next week. Um, we, in the first lockdown, we decided to split all our in-house members into three separate groups. Okay. So we had a body weight group, a minimal kit group, and then people that had like a home gym semi set up. Yeah. yeah. And then we split ourselves as coaches up into those groups. So we had a two, two coaches to each group. And we made uh, like a Facebook group and then had program a pro we programmed for that specific group and then made sure each program was specific to the kit that they had at home. Yeah. And then we ran uh, these uh, programs on Zoom maybe three times a day. Okay. And was this you doing all that? I've seen on your Instagram, you're doing a lot of lives. You must oh, be that- burning a serious amount of calories because you're doing all your <laughs> yeah. own training as well. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what's happened. So I um, but that was I was doing a live once a week, the first lockdown. And then this next lockdown uh, this year, so 2021. Yeah, uh, I decided to do one on Wednesday as well for the Instagram. So there's one on Instagram. And then there's one on for the actual in-house members on a Facebook on a, um, on a Saturday. Yeah. So Yeah. Two a week was quite intense. So <laughs> I normally train just beforehand and then go straight into that. So it was, yeah. Oh, it was mate. Good, it was fun. I savage. I, I got a bit cut up from that, but it was good. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> savage. Um, so when it comes to, again, that COVID situation, obviously you then were able to probably build your social media status quite a lot more. Uh, do you think during that period you sort of showed, you managed to reach out to more people wanting to do functional fitness? So you maybe took on a few more clients during the COVID period? Uh, we, well... The way a Martian works, it's not um, it's not like I get clients and then Eamon gets clients for himself. Yeah, yeah. We're all one one team. So we, as a gym, uh, I think in general we lost some clients just due to COVID. But then online, we probably went up slightly. I'm not entirely sure of the numbers. Yeah. But yeah, we tried to really push social media just to because it was all we had. We couldn't see people. Um, we kind of tried to make sure we were getting getting as many people viewing our page as possible, trying to give out content as much as we can, get as much engagement. And I think through that, um, we kind of pushed our personal pages. Yeah. Um, so I tried, yeah, just tried to make sure I was I was giving out my my workouts daily, trying to get a bit more active on Instagram. And it yeah, it worked out quite well. I did. I came up with a slight idea to do some bodyweight finishes. So it was just, um, yeah, just body weight, just five to 10, 15 minutes. 
mm. uh, short, sharp bursts sort of workouts. And they went down really well. So I think that kind of got quite a lot of engagement there and then kind of spiraled from, from that, I think. Okay, nice. And um, last one on this sort of functional fitness topic, when it comes to this functional fitness sport, you've got CrossFit, you've got functional fitness sport. And I know obviously, is it Ollie leads the NFG, the National Fitness Games? Yeah. Can yeah. you talk to us a bit more on what the what is the program for that? The program for it? Um, well, it hasn't been sent out yet. But well, like, like the, the journey of the this National right. Fitness Games. Okay. Well, I, I'm not too sure of how it started, to be honest. Mm. I think that's more, more Ollie's, uh, yeah, how he, he started that. But I think the whole idea behind it is more, it's more inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. So CrossFit is, is functional fitness, but um, there's more complex exercises. So it might be some more gymnastics, handstand walks, or even um, snatches, more complex barbell work. Uh, whereas with the National Fitness Games, it's more, not basic, but it's, it's just foundation work. So it's more grunt work and p more people can get yeah. into it and get after it and are able to train towards that sort of work. Uh, and I think just CrossFit is just a higher end, more complex version of that. And um, is this a sport that you think is going to really take off over the next few years? Because I know you said yourself you're going to be competing at one of the NFG games, is it? Yeah, so we've got one coming up in, in May. Yeah, uh, It's a night games, actually. It should be cool at Wembley. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was. it's going to... I can't see... Oh, it's not. It's uh, sky's the limit for it. To be honest, I think more and more people are getting more and more engaged with it. It's it's good fun. It's a good day out as well. Uh, people love training towards it. It's promoting a, a good lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I think the fact that it's more inclusive is more friendly towards the public. Yeah. Um, there's individual events. There's team events. There's it's 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 almost like a, a rugby sevens sort of vibe. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah cool little social and get yeah. everyone together compete and then you have you have an elite uh elite category you have the open you kind of have yeah people can find what they want yeah sort of niche for that for that for that event or day is it is it very similar to because i did the turf games uh i think it's i want to say richmond rugby club yeah um not too long ago and i think um it's the same as a few of your lot were competing for team knocker or something mm -hmm. is this sort of a very similar kind of event yeah, 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 it is. It's similar movements. There's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say Turf Games is just a different different brand of it. Yeah. yeah. Literally, same same stuff, functional fitness, done in a team or an individual event, and people compete, and it's a good vibe. It's good fun, nice atmosphere. It's, it's annoying in COVID at the minute. Uh, we can't have too many people, but uh, hopefully we'll get back to that, and it'll be, yeah, it'll be flying. Awesome, awesome. Right then, so trying to dip into... Um, the coaching now and helping these young listeners coaching at a top facility like Marchin, what does it take as a coach? What are the attributes they're looking for and um, your philosophies over at Marchin in the coaching area? I'd say um, they, to be at Marchin, I think you've just got to be a bit, you've got to be open-minded and kind of be a solid, good person. I think to an extent, mm -hmm um because they're not really looking for the person who already knows their stuff it's more people that that are kind of humble towards learning um so i, I went in and no, had no coaching experience i was it was a very much a baptism of fire sort of environment um 
yeah, as you can imagine, with Ollie, Alex, and Charlie there, who are very renowned coaches, and me with with zero coaching hours, which so it's quite it's quite intense. Um, yeah, so I think that's where you learn your trade, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think I think they're more. Um, it's more if you're if you're ready to get uncomfortable with it, and you really do give it give it your all, and you yeah. don't, and you're not really. There's no excuses to be, to be honest. I think that's kind of the philosophy of it. You you get on with it. It's you're humble to keep learning, keep developing, always pushing the needle forward. Um, there's no there's no stagnant area. You don't really get to a point where you can just kind of cruise. You're always always trying to push, always develop, and that's why we're trying to, as a brand, to try and keep pushing forward and trying to um, yeah. gain more. As a coach there, do you get your own philosophy or do you have to stay with everyone on the same page? Uh, well, you can have your own your own thing, yeah. But um, I think that as a gym, we're trying to have the, the same philosophy together. That we'll give 110% every hour, every time, trying to make sure we, we're like relishing in, in being uncomfortable and trying to make sure we're always pushing ourselves as well as each other. Uh, trying to trust in each other that we're always going to give that as well. We're not going to have, if you have a bad day, it doesn't matter. You've got to kind of still keep moving, keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think you can have your own philosophies, but as a gym, that's kind of ours. And we want to try and keep that to, to a T. And with, of course, I'm saying that. And with, so you have your the philosophies are overall with all mm. you guys in there. Um, and then when the guys come in, they get their movement screen and then they go straight to this functional, functional movement patterns that you tour. So, you, you know, your compound moves and stuff like that. Do yeah. you, does it, can, can they venture on further than that into CrossFit in your gym or is it mainly just that looking for that functional fitness? Well, we, individualized as well? well, we, um, so when we get a client in, like you said, we have a movement screening, so we'll mm. see how they move already and what their kind of goals are and why they why they came into in a sense, what they what they're looking for. And then we we train and and coach functional fitness. So yeah, if we we'll just try and make sure that they're moving functionally sound, pushing their performance to where they want to get to and make sure they're getting the best session they can. And then if they say, like you said, if they if they feel like they need to progress on, if they they want to go on to CrossFit and go into more complex sort of sort of competing, then we'd have to refer them on, I think, because nice. we, yeah, we're not a CrossFit gym. We don't know. We wouldn't be able to coach that. Um, I'd say Billy is very good at um, his gymnastics, and we can kind of integrate that in as well. Uh, but I'd say, yeah, if they're looking to do CrossFit, then I think it's best they go on to do yeah i think that's a really fair point that you've just said because i know that a lot of pts they put their hand up to everything they're like yes i can do this i can do this let's say if they're not so comfortable taking on um somebody who's uh postnatal let's say but they're like right it's a client i put my hand up yes yeah. i can do it it's like well actually you should probably refer them to somebody who's got more experience in that area because you could do yeah. some damage yeah exactly it's, it's having the attitude of giving the client what they need and want best yeah um, um on that oh that's so right what was gonna say uh yeah so say if they had, had a power lift that they came in we we can train them and definitely and give them a good session and make sure their program's going well but if they really want to progress they should probably go on to someone who's who's purely specialized in powerlifting. yeah so yeah we're, we're specialized in functional fitness and people that want to progress in their performance and strength and conditioning and capacity 
but we're not going to act like we know everything. We're going to, we're always learning. We'll try and make sure we're giving as much as we can. But if there's someone with a, with a better nouse for it and we feel like they'll be better for the job, then yeah, we'll refer them on. And with coaches come into the gym, like what's the biggest mistake you see from, I'm guessing you've had people come in and leave quite quickly. Um, what's the biggest mistakes you've seen from them? Do you mean clients that come no, in? No, no, coaches. So if a coach comes, I don't know how what your turnaround turnovers like, but say if a coach comes in and they don't get on, like what's the biggest mistakes they make to then not join your you guys up. Oh, okay. So we well, we haven't really had many. You haven't? Oh, awesome. So we we have a lot of people that come in to to shadow and kind of um get a gist of the gym. Yeah. I'd say for them to get actually start at Martian, they they already need to be ticking those boxes. So that's really interesting you say that because I know uh, so many sort of I yes, you guys are like quite a cool um technique gym. I've worked at gyms, gyms uh, James has worked at gyms where it's the turnover of staff. It's like every 10 months, it's like, right, they're out, they're out, they're out. Either whether because they're working too many hours, they're not getting on with um, the manager, who, whoever the owner is. But over at Martin, you, you'd say you've all been there from sort of day one, nearly. Yeah, well, it's, just, it's yeah, you don't. I think that that is the team. And then yeah. if you're going to join the team, then... You, you're, you're not going to get straight into it. You'll, you'll have a period of basically uh, probation to an extent. Um, so I, I had four months. I, was, I had four months of being unpaid there. That's how, that's how I started. And I guess that's where you make the real connections with the clients as well and the members. Because say if you've got a big turnover of staff, you, know, you don't get to make that real one-to-one -one connection with a member and you just don't have that trust there. Because trust is huge when it comes to coaching someone, isn't it? Yeah, massively. You gain rapport, you yeah, relationships beyond the gym, as in you get to know them as a person really well. Yeah. And if you if you're turning over so quickly, then you can't really build on anything. There's no there's no development. Whereas whereas us, if we're we're trying to stay on the same page as tight as possible, then we can we can progress on together rather than just trying to filter in good coaches that we hear here and now. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to um, when you first joined Marching and obviously you did your internship uh, slightly over at Bedford Blues, what do you say was the most challenging thing moving into this from a strength conditioning coach to this functional fitness coach? Well, I was, I was still very much unsure whether I wanted to go down S&C or PT, uh, but I still, I still do as well. I'm very into like the performance side of things. Um, so I think transferring the S&C when I start, when I, basically all they're, they're all rugby players at Bedford. So it was, it was kind of quite easy to an extent. They'll get on with it. They want to be there. Is They're all moving pretty pretty well. They're all very fit, very strong. Um, and their programs are pretty pretty foundationally basic and they just crack on with it. Whereas going, trying to get that into a client base, you'll get someone who, who who's lacking motivation. They don't really move very well. And they're not, they're, you're, you're their motivation. So it's, it's quite yeah. a different environment. Yeah. But it is cool. You can definitely transfer stuff over. Uh, you, I definitely think you should kind of not be so closed off to one sort of field or one sort of style of coaching. Um, I think it's always good to experience different different coaches, see how they move, see how they talk, how yeah. they talk with people. And then you can always implement little bits and bobs and bring it all together to make sure you're trying to give the best of you towards them. Um, so, it's, yeah, like Coach Jens. Do you know Coach Jens? Um 
No. Not too sure now. No, no. He works with the PSCA. Oh, I think is he the is he South African? Yes. Yes, I, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's wicked and it's really cool. We basically me, Billy, and Eamon, uh, Eamon predominantly as well, uh, has been doing a bit more work with the PSCA. So helping run the level three PT courses. Okay. On the Sundays and see, seeing Jen's coach is is wicked. It's really nice and refreshing, and he has a really good way of getting his message across that everyone can understand. Um, so that's kind of, it's been nice to see him coach and then try and implement pieces of that into my own coaching. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to the guys coming for that level three, do you get a lot of guys very similar to yourself who have gone and done their sort of uni uh, strength conditioning and sports science? And then they're like, okay, I want to go into this level three. Or do you get uh, people who have got no experience in the fitness industry, but they're looking to do something new? Yeah, we get we get both. So we get a few people who are kind of from a sporting background, who kind of want to progress into the fitness industry, or we get people that are just um, they they're really not just happy with yeah, and they want to move into this into this fitness space and see see how it is. Um, so yeah, we get we get to and fro of different people. Uh, it's quite nice because um, we kind of them all together and they they kind of open up you see them develop as they go which is really cool really rewarding um and yeah and they come out come out the other end better than they when they started and we it's exciting to see where they go as well from here and i think it's good for them because they get to experience what it's like to be in that tight nick gym over at marching because i know there's obviously lots of level three uh, pt courses going on and i remember my one yeah and to be honest it was pretty poor yeah. it wasn't like tight nick it was all over the place. It was like, oh, we're going to all meet up this weekend. Then it would get cancelled. So I'd say, what, what's it called? The PV? PFCA. Yeah. Listeners, young listeners, get on that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get involved. Do you guys do it online or is it in, just in, uh, uh, in person? We haven't it online yet because of COVID, et cetera. We're, but we're starting to do in, post, in person again, uh, which is good. We've just got a cohort that's started their day two this weekend just gone yeah uh, and they i think it's across 10 weeks but i have to check uh, every other weekend is how it works but um that was the whole philosophy about it that's because because um jen's was jen's and ollie were, were like this the pt course is very easy to get done but it's it's rubbish there's nothing there's no development there's it's pretty bog standard like you said this stuff gets cancelled people can kind of just tick a box it's yeah really you're not really becoming a coach you're not really getting any sort of experience or any sort of nous in being a coach and that's how i felt that's how i felt when i did it and then i literally did no coaching for a year and i was back to square one when i went to martian so i think the best thing for the majority of people is when they get their their pt course is to try and get some experience whether that be paid unpaid just try and get some hours under their belt maybe watch someone who's a bit more experienced coaching and then they can pick up so much more than they did on their pt course so that's why we've made this pt course for the psca to try and give them as much as we can to make them make sure they're in the best position for when they actually go in the big deep pond of the fitness industry yeah and i think with yourself so all the marching team now you guys have obviously gone past, you've done a lot of experience in it. Do you do in-house education still and still test each other? And you're like, right, let's work on this area for a bit. Yeah, yeah, we try to as much as we can. We're always, uh, Alex is our head coach and he's always critiquing little bits and pieces session by session. 
So we, the way the way I kind of think about it is I might have a six hour or four, five hour shift. Um, every hour and hour, there'll be a different class. Yeah. So five opportunities for me to kind of critique myself or critique each other, which is quite a lot in one day, which you can get quite a lot of uh, feedback from that. Yeah. Uh, day by day, if you're getting that little 0% better, well, 0.5% better, then gradually over time, you'll be, you'll be in a better place than where you were maybe two months ago. That's kind of the way you've got to kind of think about these things. It's little little pieces here and there that kind of build up. And would you say the the guys at the top, the boss man, do they sort of challenge you in the way you're coaching to make you better? Or yeah, yeah, hundred percent. No, um, yeah, yeah, all the time. I think I think it's just always trying to make sure you're doing the best you can. Uh, you're never going to get it right completely, yeah. which is which is always the case. But you're always trying to push towards perfection um just to make sure we've given the best we kind of yeah we're moving we're moving towards the the gold standard mm-hmm. rather than just just staying at the same level we are we're always yeah. to push that level. and would you say you're in a comfortable environment let's say if we've uh, hopefully like yes to our young li- uh, young listeners listening to this you're comfortable going up to the boss man and being like can we can we talk sit down and talk about these areas yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think it's more, more the better. More the better. You got to yeah. kind of just uh, put yourself out there and make, not be afraid to to hear the answers. It's it's not. Yeah, you just got to accept that it's not going to be easy going. You kind of it's going to be uncomfortable in in times, but that's kind of the excitement of it. You want to you want to keep progressing. You want to make sure you're always kind of uh, staying active in your role. Uh, so yeah, I think it's really good to make sure you, you're always asking questions if you need to, or or kind of critiquing yourself, or making sure you're staying um, staying true to what what you want to be doing. Yeah, and just being honest with it, isn't it? Yeah. So right then, um, for the guys that don't follow Max, uh, follow him because he's an absolute beast in the fun- functional fitness. Um, talking about your personal training now and your goals, what exactly are you training for at the minute? Uh, at the minute, I well, I've got the National Fitness Games coming up on the 23rd of May, I think it is. Uh, so yeah, I'm training towards that uh, just to make sure I'm flying all cylinders. And how, how many days a week are you training? How are you splitting up? Because obviously, training for functional fitness, you've got so many demands. You've got conditioning, your weightlifting, gymnastics. Yeah. How are you breaking it up until this uh, this uh, competition? So I follow what well, I I have been following since for about two years, the performance uh, program in Martian. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of, I actually started doing that before I started working there just to try and get an ounce of how they train and et cetera. Um, and Alex uh, makes that program. So that's, uh, yeah, it's all towards those goals of basically functional fitness, uh, performance. It's a high end sort of <clears throat> elite level. So we're trying to get a bit more gymnastics in there, more complex movements such as snatches and clean and presses. Um, so that's how I train. So it will be split up. We've literally just gone into a new block, but it's normally a squat-based movement on a Monday. And then a Tuesday is a bit more upper body work, maybe some horizontal push and pull. Yeah. And then Wednesday is a bit more capacity. So it might be some monostructural work on a piece of kit, uh, maybe superset with something else, but it can vary. Um, and then Thursday is more of a hinge, so like a deadlift day. And then a Friday is a bit mixed, mixed modal. So it'd be kind of mixture of everything uh done in a sort of high intensity sort of environment um more of a, a wad 
to an extent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's my kind of five day a week sort of gist. And then a Saturday, we do love a bit of pump on a Saturday. So we normally do a bit of Saturday shootout. Just before you go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or when you can go back out eventually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant, mate. Um, so with all this, I know you're sort of trying to dip into the CrossFit stuff. You had a crack at the Open. And yeah. is this something that you want to sort of push towards and try and go for more CrossFit style now? Or are you enjoying doing both aspects? Uh, I'm enjoying doing both. But I do I do actually really want to try and fully commit to CrossFit and see, see how it goes. Um, that would be a wicked thing to do. Maybe start doing a full CrossFit program and see see how I get on. Because um, my I feel like it's just annoying. Some of the exercises are, are frustrating for me because I'm just not used to them or I just haven't learned them as a skill yet. Yeah. So such as like a handstand walks and, and double unders, uh, snatches and things like this. is I think it's just more, more time for me to develop on those and my weaknesses uh, and... And seeing how I get on next year in the next open, that would be that's kind of the the year plan. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. And then just try and compete and get a bit more competing uh, under my belt because I've only done I think I just did the national fitness games last year in September was my first major competition, and then I did the turf games in December, and then the, then the open. So it'd be cool to just compete a bit more, try and really push push the training on see if I can develop capacity wise and and a bit more strength um in areas where I'm, I'm not not too too hot on so um yeah and kind of bringing that all together and it'd be cool to just to experience CrossFit a bit more and kind of delve into that really yeah yeah see, see how I is on. it are, are marching guys quite supportive of all this do, do they sort of jump in on, on these CrossFit workouts with you or are they like get lost you over there in that corner <laughs> <laughs> Well, I haven't actually started it yet, so I, I, I kind of this is the thing I want to do. Yeah, I want to, I want to see if I can get on on board with the program and and uh, start doing that properly. Um, but yeah, me and Billy do uh, some gymnastics work on a Sunday from time to time, mm -hmm. and that's been really cool because he's been, he's into that and he's he's good at, at teaching that. Uh, so I've definitely developed in that sense. I've kind of I couldn't do a muscle up to save my life maybe four months ago. Uh, and now now it feels a little bit more comfortable so it's it's cool and it's good fun to learn new skills like that yeah. it's kind of cool and it's and it looks quite cool to be fair as well um <laughs> it's, it's things like that um that it's always trying to develop those sort of areas i haven't really learned yet or or i'm just lacking a bit of experience in i think it's like you said it's setting foundations in certain movements and then being like okay yes you're obviously lifting a lot of weight um, and we can see that from your Instagram, but sometimes you just have to strip that barbell down. Sometimes you have to go to that PVC pipe and work on your bottom position in the overhead snatch and um, yeah. whatnot. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think I think that's one thing quite a few people don't do enough of or don't show enough of anyway. Um, like not, you're not going to hit PBs every week and that's not, <laughs> it's not really feasible. Um, so I think it's quite nice to, to see both ends of the spectrum and make sure people are not just seeing... Uh, you you smashing a heavy deadlift and making sure that you show that you don't have a, a wicked day every day it's yeah. got to be realistic and that's an interesting one you just said trying to not max out each week because uh, a few weeks ago we had Adam Bishop on and he made a statement saying he sees too many ego lifters on Instagram trying to go for these big lifts all the time but then when it really counts is in competition 
yeah. and he's like what is the point if you're following a program and you're like actually i'm going to go try and get max out on a deadlift let's say he said he hasn't how long was it jim he hasn't maxed out on a deadlift in like two years two years yeah but when he ma <clears throat> when he maxes out remember mate it's yeah it's yeah. like 400 ki kilos three up 460 i think it is it's it? it's just another level so when it comes to your programming max for this um <laughs> for the functional fitness how often are you going for these one rep maxes um we so it might not be all well it might not be all the lifts but maybe once every 12 weeks something okay. like that potentially um yeah once every 12 on average and do you feel like working on your aerobic capacity with the stuff you find it a lot harder to hit those big lifts and try and get those prs because i think i've seen you, you went for the 260 deadlift the other day uh, yeah 265 and i'm yeah i missed it I think my spine was shoot out of my back. <laughs> uh, it was it. Yeah, I I think I do see what I mean. You can get the um, uh, like complementary effect. What was that the word? That's not it. I can't remember. But um, yeah, I think it's good to do both. Definitely, so you're able to work at um, with load at capacity, and you're not just able to hit every weights. And then um, I think if I was to really gear towards lifting heavy then yeah i'd look towards more of a like a powerlifting program yeah um but yeah i'm just not really i don't really fancy that to be honest yeah we're, we're not we're, you're not running any marathons in between these uh lifting sessions god no you <laughs> <laughs> not want to see me run <laughs> <laughs> right then mate so with your coaching and uh, your own personal fitness goals uh what does the future hold for you um in years to come what uh, what can people expect from you uh, well, I, I just want to develop my coaching. So gain a bit more recognition as a coach, but then also really push the, the athlete side of things. Um, try and get into CrossFit and, and see where that takes me if I'm able to develop my skills in those. And that would, that would be wicked. I would love to really see how I get on in CrossFit and um, see, see how, where that takes me. And then also just to, just to keep on progressing with the brand of Martian, just see... See how I go. See where we see where we head. See how the brand develops and, and expands, um, and just keep keep on moving. Just yeah. Hopefully, sky sky's the limit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, whenever me and James are down that way, we'll uh, we'll have to pop our head in and come in for a session. We'll probably yeah. be miles behind you in a workout, but um, <laughs> we'll try our best. Uh, last little bit that we do at the end of each podcast is just: can you give us uh, two, uh, three top tips? Uh, for young coaches looking to find their way into the industry? Ooh, okay, uh, top tips. Probably, I think getting experience would be a massive one. Uh, you can't really get enough experience. I'm still gaining experience today. I think you, you've got to try and seek out good people or, or well-recognised people and try and be persistent as well. That's that's another thing, be persistent with, with trying to get some experience or get, get the opportunities that you want or need. Uh, and then being open-minded don't don't think you know everything because you're never going to uh, and even if you don't think they like I think you can get gain things from many different people so you shouldn't just be narrow-minded in thinking one one guy fit uh, knows the best um, you can always gain aspects from different different parts of life and different people and then always just trying to make sure you're you're kind of accepting that things aren't going to always be comfortable and you're going to have to push out your comfort zone in order to actually develop. And then kind of thing I've always 
not always, but recently kind of thought about is, you know, those situations when you, when you're really, your kind of anxiety is up, you're not really yeah. uh, being pretty uncomfortable. It's, it's pretty intense. You're quite wired. I kind of never want to feel like that. So I, I want to make sure that I've developed in whatever area that is. And I keep putting myself in that position until that becomes fairly natural. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah, just yeah. making sure that, you, that that position that you're in is a good thing. It's where you can develop and where you can move forward and try and see it as that rather than trying to avoid it. Yeah. So it's, it's the saying you work hard to play easy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. um, exactly like that well max thank you so much for coming on we've obviously been trying to get find a time to get you uh, to get on and we've all been so busy so um no appreciate you coming on mate thank you that's all right it's been wicked really appreciate you having me having me on and it's been cool hopefully see you guys soon at the gym yeah definitely mate cheers buddy no worries Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you were able to take something from it and enjoyed it as much as us. It would be a great help if you could hit the download or subscribe button below and share the podcast to fellow coaches, friends or athletes. 